Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. We're all going a little bit stir-crazy now, right? Kind of like a pot that's been boiling over, or a tea kettle that's ready for you to pour, but it just keeps on whistling. So maybe we just want to cut loose just a bit. Run free underneath the moon. There's magic afoot when night falls. The night sky and stars hungrily cloak places both new and ancient. These locales hold traces of powerful enchantments which surround us all. So, if you're up to mischief, be careful to protect yourself when venturing out at night. Those stars gaze silently, witnessing our rituals and our wickedness by moonlight. First, two girls play telephone in the cemetery. And then, a crew encounters a witch by the sea, followed by fan mail and morbid moonlit poetry. And finally, there is no way out of this ritual. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Ten Can Ritual Someone said that Halloween was canceled. Not possible. Because Halloween is more than a single holiday. It's more than candy. It's a state of mind. Prepare yourselves, because here at Something Scary, we're celebrating Halloween now. Enjoy your tricks and treats as we continue with this next scary story. Where not every call needs to be answered, and some calls should never, ever be made. Anya didn't want to come to the cemetery in the middle of the night, but Maisie had dared her to do it. And she wasn't the type who backed down from a dare. Part of the dare meant visiting the oldest grave in the local cemetery, the grave which was said to belong to the Tin Can Telephone Strangler. The Tin Can Telephone was originally a toy used in older times. Two tin cans were attached by a strong wire or cord. You could speak in one end and hear the voice clearly in the other can, no matter the length of the cord. Rumor had it that the strangler used it to lure children away from their homes and murder them using their own toys. After he kidnapped the grandchild of an old witch, he was found dead with that child's favorite toy. An old tin can telephone wrapped around his neck so tightly that doctors couldn't remove it. 
Somehow, it had fused through his skin into the bone. He was buried with it in a grave in the back of the cemetery marked with a blank tombstone that no one ever carved. Maisie heard from someone at school that if you made the same tin can toy and placed one end on his grave at midnight, then you could hear him wheezing for air when you listened on the other end. While on the call, you could ask him anything you wanted. And since you had summoned him, he must answer you truthfully because he had the wisdom of the dead. Anya didn't believe it was true, but there was no stopping her best friend when she was determined to do something. Maisie explained that the tin can ritual had two rules. If you wanted to end the call, you had to kick the can off the grave. And second, you could never open your eyes while talking to the strangler or his spirit would be free to do what it wished to you. They found the strangler's grave, and once it was almost time, Maisie pulled out the tin can telephone she had made from her backpack and placed one end by the uncarved tombstone. The girls stood in front of the grave and closed their eyes tight as it turned to midnight. Maisie shoved the can into Anya's hand and said, you go first, then me. I'm asking for lotto numbers. I dare you, Maisie said. Anya sighed and grabbed the can, closing her eyes. Taking a breath, she held it to her ear and asked about her grandfather who had passed last spring. Then she listened. She heard nothing, nothing at all. Relieved that the urban legend was fake, she heard Maisie demand, you're doing it wrong, give it here. Eyes still closed, suddenly Anya heard Maisie exclaim, oh my gosh, I can hear, but then she stopped talking. Anya shifted from one foot to the other, not fully believing Maisie had heard something and she wanted another turn. Anya was a little too scared to open her eyes, so she reached out for her friend and asked to take her turn. Hands outstretched, she couldn't feel Maisie near her, even though she had been right there. Anya finally got frustrated and yelled, give me the can, Maisie. And just as she said it, the can smacked her in the face hard. Anya yelped as her hands flew up, covering her face, her eyes stinging. She moaned and rubbed at the sore spot. Why? She started, then suddenly the can hit her again. Not as hard this time, but still it did hurt. Maisie, stop messing with me and let's go home already. Anya begged, still unwilling to open her eyes. The can hit once again, almost gently this time, and Anya heard someone wheezing. Anya froze, terrified, but then realized it was Maisie's voice. It was all one of Maisie's pranks. Anya opened her eyes and saw her friend being choked by the glowing zombified ghosts of the tin can telephone strangler. His gnarled, rotting hands had wrapped the cord of their homemade phone several times around Macy's neck. Anya realized her friend had been throwing the tin can at the other end at her, trying to get her help. But what could she do? Obviously, they had missed something. There had to have been more to the legend, something to better contain this monster, but she had no idea what it could have been. Anya watched in horror as her friend struggled and weakly kicked at the other can still on the grave. That reminded Anya that she could end the call by kicking the can off that grave. Maybe that would banish the killer's spirit. She ran towards the grave, but before she could kick the can, the ghost yanked it away and she slipped falling flat on her back. 
As she brought herself to her feet, the specter dropped Macy's lifeless body to the ground and focused his attention on Anya. He stared at her with white otherworldly eyes and wheezed out the words, You're next. Before she knew it, she was running for her life. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Anya repeated to herself in tears as she ran through the empty streets all the way home. At her doorstep, she shook as she struggled to put her key in the lock. She thought she heard Macy call her name from far away and spun around, gasping for air. There was no one there. No spirit. No Maisie. No noise. It was over. With a guttural heave, Anya opened her door, desperate for the safety of her own home. But the poltergeist was already there waiting for her. The last thing she saw was the tin can flying fast and hard at her face. Like the urban legend said, they had unleashed this monster, and he was once more free to kill again. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You never know when you might stumble into a cursed location. Some are obvious, like a building's 13th floor or an old cemetery at the stroke of midnight. However, some cursed places are in unexpected locales like the middle of the ocean, and this tale inspired by Kate. Dear Snarled, My name is Kate, and I want to start off by saying I'm a big fan of your channel. The following is a true story about my grandfather's close call with dark magic. He was a very honest man and wouldn't lie about something like this, especially considering that his side of the family takes spirits and magic very seriously. My mother shared this experience with me a couple of months after my grandfather passed. I appreciate your hard work on making every Something Scary video. Thank you, Kate. Towards the end of World War II, when my grandfather was a young man, his job was to search for and retrieve sunken or abandoned warships so the opposing side couldn't obtain technology or plans from anything left behind. On one of these voyages, he and his small crew of a dozen men realized that they were running low on food. They were planning on heading back to base when they spotted a nearby island. They quickly headed for it in hopes of finding a village to buy food. Out of the dozen men, half of them, including my grandfather, set foot on the island while the other six manned the ship. However, instead of a village, there was only a single cottage on the entire island. As the sun set, they knocked on the door and were met with a voice asking them to enter. 
Inside, they met a frail, elderly woman who greeted them with a smile, but my grandfather noticed a strange lifelessness behind her eyes. Her cottage was filled with strange curiosities, jars filled with unknown ingredients, and an altar to some unheard of gods. When they explained their situation, the old woman eagerly offered to help them. There was rice cooking already, and she began to set her table for them. Her energy and swift movements bothered my grandfather. He expressed some concern, but the men were too hungry and voted to stay the night. It was a mistake. My grandfather and the other men all offered to help her around the house and with cooking, but she would politely decline each time. Whenever the men even mentioned going back to the ship for something, she would always insist on them eating first. Eventually, all the men agreed with my grandfather and realized that there was something off about this woman, and they all decided to leave quietly without informing her. The plan was that half of them would quietly slip out while the other three stalled the woman. Among those left behind was my grandfather. The old woman called out that the food was ready, and my grandfather apologized and let her know that they actually still had food on their ship and didn't want to use up all of hers. They even offered to bring back some canned goods for her trouble. This was a ruse, of course. They just wanted to get away. The old woman begged them to stay and then quickly ran into the other room where my grandfather and his men couldn't help but follow to see what was she up to. In that room, she was preparing six beds on the floor covered in dead fish and bird remains all in the shape of men. The other two crewmen were astonished and looked at my grandfather for guidance. He motioned for them that it was time to sneak out. And so, the three of them quietly left, but before they reached the beach, the woman realized what happened. They heard the sound of fast, thumping footsteps in the distance and turned around. To their horror, they saw the old woman sprinting at them at an almost inhuman speed. With wide, demonic eyes, she cried and begged for them to stay. My grandfather and his men ran faster. They couldn't wait for their boat to return. They'd have to swim for it. The two men reached the dark waters before my grandfather and swam frantically to the ship. Grandfather snuck a look behind himself and she was only inches away from grabbing him by the back of his collar. Then suddenly, she abruptly stopped. She recoiled with a hiss just before her feet would have touched the water. Wait, please, I need you. She cried as the men all swam for their ship. It was a long swim, and out of the three men, my grandfather was the only one that made it back to the ship. Many years later, my grandfather reflected on this incident and still wasn't completely sure what happened. He later discovered that the area of the Philippines they were in was rumored to be filled with people who practiced dark magic. He came to the conclusion that the woman was most likely a Minko Killam a Filipino witch. He theorized that she was probably cursed in some way, which was the only reason he could think of to explain the woman's odd behavior. He remembered the woman not being able to set foot off the island. Some curses can bind you to a place and you can't ever leave. Then, he remembered the woman's speed and agility despite her clearly advanced age. Some curses can leave you with abilities you wouldn't be able to do otherwise, but what disturbed him most was when he learned that some curses can't be broken, only can be passed from person to person, which reminded him of the strange old woman's last words to them. Wait, please. 
I need you. Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing your grandfather's story with us. That is horrifying to think of that. You stumble upon something of which you have no idea about. You end up being cursed, and the curse can't be broken. You can only find the next person to pass it on to. Older people within our family often share the most haunting of experiences from bygone eras. If you have one to pass along, share it with us. Something scary at snarl.com. We love hearing from you. We try to read as many stories as we can, so please share with us so we can share your story with all of our listeners. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Scary Story Podcast brings original, short, scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. And now some fan mail about eerie shared experiences to some of our recent episodes. Hello, Marquia. I've been listening for a long time, but never had a story I thought was interesting enough to share. I'm catching up on the show and heard the story of the girl and the ghost girl in the theater. My story isn't quite as drastic, but it was pretty scary to a little freshman me when it happened. The university I went to used to have the art and theater departments in the same building, art on one side and theater on the other. It was also a weird layout because the art side had three floors, but the theater had four. The half floor was where the costuming department was. And I'd always heard rumors of Margaret, the theater ghost. Supposedly, she had been there so long that nobody knew how or why she got there, but every small thing that went wrong would be blamed on her. I didn't actually believe she was real until I was in a special sculpture class over the summer after my freshman year, and a senior upperclassman was helping me. We needed something from the costume room, and he took me up there since I'd never been and didn't know where to look. It was very creepy on the third floor. It was dimly lit, and the building was so empty but we managed to find what we needed. As we left, the guy turned all the lights off and said goodbye to Margaret before shutting the door. 
He told me that they do that so she doesn't mess with their projects. Again, I just thought this was superstitious theater kid stuff. Until the elevator doors wouldn't open, even when we heard the elevator arrive. We tried the door to the stairs, deciding the elevator was pointless then. Only now, the door to the stairs also wouldn't open. I was starting to get really freaked out. After unsuccessfully trying the doors again, the guy helping me had us return to the costume room. He opened the door and asked Margaret to let us go and also made me say goodbye to her this time. I hadn't done that before. Whether the ghost actually was satisfied by that or the old elevator finally decided to work again, when we returned, the doors opened easily, quickly. We got in and hurried back to the sculpture room. I never went back to the costume room unless I absolutely had to. And I never went alone because that made a lasting impression on me. And I always made sure to say goodnight to Margaret when leaving for the night. I hope you all enjoy my story. Garrett. Thank you for sharing your very creepy occurrence with us, Garrett. And just for our listeners out there, whether someone tells you or not, always... Always say goodbye to the theater ghost. Whispers in the shadows can often lead to the darkest of places. These dark deals, acts of vengeance, and sinister incantations can often be best described by poetry like this selection sent to us by Maddie. Dancing in the Moonlight Demons call my name. I can't stay away. The darkness I wish to consume as the light fades. Just my demons and me dancing in the moonlight, leaving cares behind as the new stars align. Selling my soul just to numb the pain here in this hell that I've made, making it my home. I'm in too deep. I start to see them in my sleep, washing my sins away as the demons come out to play, making it hard not to stay. Just my demons and me, dancing in the moonlight, leaving cares behind as the new stars align. Demons call my name. To fill the void consumed by the darkness I crave, I embrace ever so brave. Knowing no other way to live, I slip further into the abyss, welcomed by the ones I've grown to miss. Just my demons and me, dancing in the moonlight, leaving cares behind as the new stars align. The Man The sky so dark and misty, air thicker than milk. The road wound so twistily, nothing to be seen in that blanket of silk. A man appeared in front of my car as I drove that slick, twisty road with bright red eyes that glowed a deadly hazard foretold. I bring my car to a halt. The man so still, so calm, not even a jolt, staring with a look to kill. Heart pounding like a drum, who was this man with nerves of steel? Where did he come from, this man in front of my automobile? As he stared, I felt uneasy. He started to approach me. My stomach grew queasy. Who could he be? He stopped by my window, covered in blood. 
those red eyes aglow, then there was a thud. The rest you should know. My obituary tells the story. My funeral should follow, but you need not worry. Thank you so much for sharing your poetry with us, Maddie. Poetry is perfect to set the spooky vibes of the season. Feel free to send us some inspired by Halloween since we are celebrating Halloween through September and October. Submit some to be read on the podcast or during our Halloween time monthly live reads. When terrible things happen, rituals of protection come at a high price. Like in this story, inspired by a letter from Cheyung. Dear Marquia, I'm Cheyung, and I'd like to share my family's interesting experiences with the supernatural. Growing up, my older sister Min and I never knew our Oma, our mother. Some said she was a gumiho, a fox spirit entity with many tales that takes revenge on bad men. My sister always believed this, but I didn't. Our Oma had left us, and that was it. One night, while I was doing homework, my sister was studying magic with her girlfriend, and I heard a scream from her room. Min wasn't one to be frightened easily, so I rushed over to see what had happened. Kayla, my sister's girlfriend, was in tears and alone. She told me, he took her. I demanded to know who took her, and Kayla picked up a book that looked old with worn pages and strange red stains. Min wanted to contact a spirit to help her find mother, but a man appeared instead and snatched her into the spirit realm. The weathered book had my mother's name inscribed in it. It was hers from before she left us. I shook my head, wondering how they could be so foolish and Kayla begged me to finish the ritual to bring my sister back. We started the ritual chanting in Korean until the lights began to flicker and the room filled with a swirl of smoke. From it, a finely dressed man appeared and smiled, informing me that I looked more like my mother than my sister did. Give her back, I shouted as he reached out to grab me, but before he could do that, the whip of a foxtail wrapped around his wrist. A gorgeous and powerful red foxwoman appeared in front of me, many tails swirling around her. I have returned to claim one last soul, that of the spirit man that took me from my daughters, she exclaimed, whipping her tails around the man's body. Was it our Oma, the Gumiho? Long ago, you left me for dead, and in my dying moments, a fox appeared to me allowing me the chance to make it back to my girls once I have collected 1,000 souls. And of course, it would be you as the final one. The man cackled as he weakened, and my sister's body fell from the spirit realm. I rushed to her as her life faded. But your daughter, Min, she's already mine. If you kill me, she will die. Oma's eyes flashed red as she squeezed tighter. There's another way, like there was for me. With one final shout, Mother destroyed her final victim. Men was fading fast as Kayla held her. Oma, you said there was another way. With sad eyes, my mother came over to us. 
The Gumiho ritual is the only way. She placed her hand on Min's forehead and said she'd commune with her to see if she would be willing to be the new Gumiho and come back to them once her dues were paid by collecting the souls of 1,000 evil men. In a flash of light, <gasps> Min gasped for breath, her eyes red. She sniffed around like a fox as she began her transformation. We held her as she turned into a terrifying creature of vengeance. With a final howl of goodbye, she took to the night. We now wait for her return. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markeia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markeia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley and Mari Carlson. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. <laughs>